are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Come on, can we give Jesus praise? Isn't he wonderful? He is so good. Praise God. Wow, it's so good to be with you guys. This is the last night. I don't know about you, but I have just been having a party all weekend. This has just been one of the funnest gatherings that we've been a part of. It's been busy, and we've been working hard. (laughs) We've been preaching hard. My voice is like, I don't know how many more nights in a row I can take this, but, but it's been worth it, amen, especially seeing people get saved, people come to Jesus. You know, we've seen some crazy miracles, but there's no greater miracle than seeing someone who was lost be found, amen, to see someone who, had, who was on the way to another place, you know, on the way to hell, on the, on the way to suffering, to, to find Jesus, the lover of their soul, and receive a brand new spirit on the inside, to be born again. Like, there's actually no greater spirit, supernatural miracle than to see an old spirit pass away in a brand new spirit, you know, the spirit of God living inside someone. Amen? Amen. You know, I, I believe we got to get back to preaching the gospel, you know, just preaching the gospel, preaching Jesus, preaching the cross and the power of his cross. You know, like demons can't stand that. The kingdom of darkness, they can't stand that. You know, they're like, maybe, maybe preach something else. You know, you can preach on this or that. But, you know, when we just get back to the simplicity of the gospel, man, it does something. It does something. All creation, I believe, is yearning to be back in connection with its creator. You know, I thought that maybe that's why there's hurricanes, that's why there's these earthquakes, it's, there's a rumbling going on in the world because creation is out of sync with its creator, and it wants to come back. It's longing, all creation longs and groans and yearns for the manifestations of you and me, the sons and daughters of God. Isn't that powerful, guys? It's a powerful thought, and so you know, I, wanted to, I felt like God said to bring a word on power and authority tonight. The power of Jesus, the power in his name, the authority that God has given us. We need to know this as sons and daughters of God. We need as royalty. How many know we're not a pauper anymore? We're royalty. But what does royalty look like? What, you know, you need to know who you are so you know what, you can know where you're going. You need to know where you came from so you can know where you're going. You need to know who your dad is so you know what you can do and what you can release. Amen? So identity, the whole world is looking for identity. You know, that's one of the hugest hot topics right now with, with gender issues. It's that the whole world is searching for who am I? How do I find value in myself? What am I here for? And many Christians are like, what is my destiny? What is my purpose? What is my calling, right? And so tonight, I, I feel like this is, tonight is going to be um, uh, a journey. We're journeying with Jesus to discover who we are as the sons of God. I don't think that Jesus, even as th- the reason he was in the temple asking questions, because I think he was discovering who he was. Isn't that awesome? I, you know, I thought maybe, you know, as five years old, he was still even learning Hebrew, right? He was, he was a human, you know, God was in the flesh. 
but he, was, had, he had the limitations of the flesh. He was actually bound by the limitations of the flesh, but then God showed what we can do even in the flesh, even with a perfect composition of the divine and the, the dust. You know, the moment Adam sinned, he started returning to the dust. Isn't that great? Like, God breathed into him the DNA, his DNA. And then the moment he sinned, he started to return to the dust. Whew. It's a heavy thought. So that means the moment that we, can, when we walk in righteousness and when we walk in love, we're stepping into eternity. We're stepping into our, what, what, what we were designed for in the first place. Adam walked in dominion, you guys. I mean, he walked with God in the garden, and, and they came along to this, like, long-necked creature, and, and, and God says, you know, what, what should we call this? What should we call this? And, and Adam says, hmm, I think I'll call it a giraffe. And God's like, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, but, the, but the thing about this is when you call something, in Hebrew, when you name something, you actually give it destiny. You, you, so Adam was not just na co-naming stuff. He was actually, I believe, this is out there, but I believe God said, I want you to co-create with me. And he spoke identity into things. He spoke destiny into things that were formless. And then God created isn't that awesome? The, did you know that angels can't create? Demons can't create? But guess what? God, the first thing God did was he created us in his image so that we could create. Every single person in this room is creative. Maybe you've never thought about yourself that way, but did you know that God says, you are made in my image and I am a creator and, and you are a creative person. So no matter what you're doing, whether you have a mechanical mind, an analytical mind, a teacher's mind, whatever, if you're left brain, right brain, it doesn't matter, you are creative. You can be a creative mathematician. You can be a creative, and I'm, I'm so not on that side of things, you guys. <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm obviously creative, I think sporadically, I think in many directions all at the same time. You know, my wife says I think I'm a little bit ADD maybe because my <laughs> attention is going this way, that way, and I'm thinking about a million things all at once. But I think, man, I just love the way God has created each and every one of us, and we're discovering who we are in God. And so we've seen some amazing, amazing miracles, you guys, amazing acts of power um, I shared in the morning service about how this metal melting anointing where God actually melted metal out of this man's shoulder. And uh, the first time I saw that is Jeremy Nelson. You know, you know Jeremy Nelson. And uh, he, he was in Red Deer with us. And one of the elders in our church in Sylvan Lake um, had a screw in his ankle. And uh, his ankle had been broken or shattered or whatever. And so he had a screw in his ankle. And uh, he couldn't go on hikes anymore because it had restricted now his movement. And, uh, and so and Jeremy said, you know, I believe, I have faith to believe for God to melt metal out of people's bodies. And to give people brand new hips where they have a hip. God can give you a brand new hip replacement in Jesus' name. He had just crazy faith. You, can, you run into these people that just believe beyond and it stretches 
stretches you, and I love that because I love being stretched. <laughs> because I want to see what Jesus saw. And when God, when God said, you will, when Jesus said, you will go and do greater things than these, that stretches me, you guys. Because he walked on water, and then he said, who will come to me? Get, did you know only Peter stepped out of the boat? You know, there's only one of them who stepped out of the boat. But it's Bible, it's history, it's our history that the followers of Jesus, one of the followers of Jesus walked on water. Does that stretch you? It stretches me, you guys. But sometimes I think we need to be stretched because the supernatural is more real than the physical realm. Physical realm is, is temporal, but we are eternal. God has given us an eternal spirit and we're the sons of God. And so um, Jeremy's praying for, he said, I want to pray for your ankle. And so our, our lead elder, he comes up to the stage. Everybody's seated in their seats and they're watching. And the elder has his, is sitting on the stage. And Jeremy gets down on his knees. He begins to pray for this man's ankle. And this is an elder in our church. I know him quite well. And, and as he's praying, he, 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 you see he's making a face. And he's like, wow, it's getting hot. His ankle started to get really, really, really hot. And you could actually smell like I used to be in a welding shop. And I could start to smell that smell of like burning metal. And, and I was like, I couldn't believe what my nose was actually, what I was actually sensing in the room. And, and he said, now move your ankle. And he starts moving his ankle in a, in a way that he never could move it before. And he was jumping up and down in a way he could never, he could jump up and down, but he couldn't have the mobility. And he started running and doing things that his ankle normally wouldn't, wouldn't do. The next day, he went on a, a five-kilometer hike, and he had never done that for seven years, you guys. But the thing that made on Sunday, when he was there on the Sunday, he, he was testifying in front of the whole church. And this is the thing that, I, that broke me down. I started weeping as he was sharing the testimony. He, he's crying, sharing that in worship, for the first time in seven years, he got to tap his foot. And that meant so much to him because that was the way he worshiped. He loved the worship music and he would tap his foot and he couldn't do that anymore since that screw was there. So isn't God awesome? He was giving his worship back, his worship expression back. It was actually practical to him. More than he could go on a hike, he was now worshiping God like he used to when he was young. So we've seen these great acts of power, you guys. These great, and it's a crazy thing. When Jesus does miracles, and then he says, you will go and do greater things than these. Did you know that that testimony, I don't see Jesus praying for those types of things. But that's probably because they didn't have physicians putting metal in people's bodies back then, right? But, but doesn't that show you something? That we can go and do stuff that God has given us authority, and he's given us the power and the authority and the anointing to go and do miracles that maybe we haven't even heard of before. Isn't that wild, you guys? Isn't that crazy? And I love this kind of stuff. Because, but, but, so we've seen these great acts of power, you guys, but God has been stretching me to even go beyond that. He says, power is one thing, but I want to talk to you about my authority. And, and so uh, I remember hearing this dream. John Paul Jackson had a dream, and he, he was in the back of a church service. And, and in the back of the church service, there was worship going on, just like there was today. And um, in the worship, um, people were getting healed and touched. And God was moving in power in the service, and people were getting touched all over the place. But what he saw were demons still on people's backs in, in the church service. And this, this kind of confused John Paul Jackson. He turned to the angel beside him, and he said, 
um, why are there demons in this, in this service? You know, the God, God's power is moving. People are getting healed. People are getting touched. And the angel turned back to him and said, it's because in the church and in the world, we've often got power and authority confused. Because the devil has power. The devil has, has power. Did you know that um, um, when Moses' body was being fought over by Michael, the archangel, and Lucifer, the archangel, they both had equal power because God had given them both that power. They were fighting and they were fighting and they had actually gotten into a stalemate. Nobody was winning because both of them were archangels. And that's why I see people moving in signs and wonders. That doesn't convince me that they're a disciple of Jesus. See, see so they're both fighting over the body, but what is Michael? Michael has this brilliant idea. He says, I, I re, he says, the Lord rebuke you. He doesn't use his name. He doesn't rebuke the devil. He says, the Lord rebuke you. He invokes the highest name, the name above all names, Jesus, the name in which all authority is. And he says, in that name, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you, Satan. And instantly the battle is won. In that moment, God showed the difference between power and authority. Isn't that awesome, you guys? So listen to this. It says in, first, in Matthew 28 and verse 18, it says, Then Jesus came to them, and he said, he said this. And I don't think he was timid or, or shy about this statement because he had just gotten back from defeating the devil, whipping the devil's butt. I think Jesus was excited when he made this statement. It says in Matthew 28, 18, it says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Go. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. What is he saying there? He says, I'm giving you my name. My name is with you always, even into the end of the age. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given me, therefore go. Isn't it interesting that that Jesus wasn't a fan of consumerism. He, he didn't say, therefore, all authority has been given me, therefore, come. Isn't that awesome? He says, no, all authority has been given me, therefore, I'm giving it to you. Now you go and take my authority and use it. Use my name all over the earth to cast out demons, to heal the sick, to save the lost, to set captives free. Isn't that awesome, you guys? All authority, and God didn't keep it to himself. He entrusted it to people who might get it wrong. Wow. <laughs> See, when Jesus makes that statement, he will go and do greater things. He's looking for a people who will believe it. You know, how, how many people have heard of the power of attorney? This is a legal term. You know, my grandpa, my great-grandpa, um, um, he's in his 90s, and in his later age, his memory wasn't working like it, like it used to work. And he was starting to forget to pay this bill or that bill. And he was just starting to forget things. And so finally, being the stubborn <laughs> old man that he was, he, he said, finally, he, he, his, his, his son, my grandpa, said, okay, I'll, I'll give you power of attorney, 
which meant they went into the bank, they went and signed some documents, and all of a sudden, now my grandpa could go into the bank, because he had his grand, his, the name and the power of attorney, he could go into the bank and he could do business in my great-grandpa's name. He could take money out of there, he could put money back in, he could, do, he could pay bills, he could do whatever he wanted. Why? Because he had been given power of attorney. God has given us his name so that we can go do kingdom business, you guys. So that we can go do business in his name. So that we can make withdrawals and that we can make deposits and we can pay bills in his name. Amen? We have legal attorney and legal right to do kingdom business on the earth. There's this uh, English word, authority, and it comes from the Greek noun, exousia, which means the right to exercise power or the responsibility to rule over which has already been conquered. Wow, you guys. You see, Jesus already went to hell. He went and conquered sin, death. He went and stripped the devil of his keys, and, and, and he came back and he said, all authority has been given me, therefore go. Therefore go. You know, the gospel is go. And so in the times of kings and kingdoms, did you know that, that, that they would have these seals of the rings, right? And they would have this kingly ring, and what they would do, and they would put out a decree to the kingdom, is they would seal the decree, and they, and they would heat it up, and then they would melt wax, and it would, it would seal the, the decree. And, and then the, the servants or the, you know, the people would go out into the kingdoms, into the square, and they would make a declaration in the middle of the square. They would break the seal open, and they would say, thus says the king. And then they would give the king's decree. And everybody in the city would have to treat that person in that statement as if it was the king himself there saying it. Because of the king's seal that was on that decree. Everybody saw this was the authentic seal. Did you know that the Bible says the Holy Spirit is the seal of God? It's the mark of God. And I believe that there are things in us, you guys. Oh, I can feel it tonight. I believe that there are kingdom decrees on the inside of you that God wants to break open the seal and for us to go into the cities and to begin to decree the king's, um, uh, the, the kingdom's decree over Cold Lake, over Alberta, over Calgary, over Edmonton, over Canada, that we need to break the seal and we need to decree the things of the kingdom. Amen? And every demon in hell will have to pay attention. Every angel, all the earth will have to listen as if it was the king himself speaking, the king of kings and the lord of lords. There are decrees on the inside of you guys. I can feel it tonight. So, wow. So all through the scriptures, the rod and the staff and the scepter, it speaks of authority. The rod, the staff, the scepter, it speaks of authority. In Hebrews first chapter 1 and verse 8, I want to read this. It says, but the son, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever, and righteousness will be the scepter of your kingdom. God's authority is attached to his righteousness, you guys. If we're going to walk in authority, we must walk in righteousness, you know, I, I've seen some uh, uh, kings, I've seen fall, I've seen some prime ministers, I've seen some leaders fall, and I really believe that when they've stepped out of righteousness, they've lost their authority to rule. 
Remember Saul when he, he said, oh, I've got a better idea. You know, God says do this, but get, and the prophet says do this. I'm not going to wait for the prophetic. I'm not going to wait for God. I'm just going to go ahead, and I'm going to just go and do this. I'm going to make up my own decisions. I'm going to use my, ma- my manly wisdom, and I'm going to go do this. Guess what? The, anointed li- the anointing lifted off of his life and went to somebody who was humble and who would step into the righteousness of God and use the same authority that God. See, humble righteousness taps into the the heart of the king, amen? And and we can walk in that righteousness if we're humble, if we're just a humble servant. That's why Jesus taught us uh, to rule cities by washing feet. He said, the meek shall inherit the earth. And he taught his disciples strange supernatural mysteries, ways to rule by serving, He taught that the servant always wins, to take the lowest seat. There's ways to serve our city, and we will be ruling as kings and priests in Cold Lake. Our influence will increase through our humility, through our righteousness, and through our servanthood, through our love. Isn't that awesome, you guys? Well, I'm feeling an authority tonight. I feel, guys, I'm actually preaching. I feel like I'm preaching with a different authority tonight because God wants to release something in Cold Lake. I feel a little bit like Chuck Pierce tonight, Sammy. <laughs> Has anybody heard of the law of first mentioned? This is something I learned in Bible school. I think it's so cool. The, the law of first mentioned is, it basically states that the first time something is mentioned in the Bible, you can always return back to it. For, uh, you can always return back to it for its um, interpretation. Uh, um, let's Sorry, the, the law first mentioned um, is something in the Bible, you can always refer back to it. Scripture will give you um, that word in its most complete and accurate definition. For instance, do you guys remember in the Garden of Eden, um, the, the, when they sinned, Adam and Eve sinned and they fell, they realized their nakedness, they realized um, that they weren't covered anymore. And they went and they found fig leaves and, they, and they, they sewed fig leaves together and they covered themselves. Well, later on in the scriptures, we find Jesus and he comes up to a fig tree and he sees this fig tree and, and, he, and, and even though it wasn't in the season for it to be producing frig, figs, it wasn't producing any fruit. And so right in front of his disciples, he says, he curses the fig tree. And the next time they come back, they see that this curse tree, this, fi- <laughs> this fig tree has withered and died. And, and what he was teaching his disciples in that moment, that that system of the, the fig leaves represented covering yourself, self-justification, religion. trying to look like you've got everything together, you're covering yourself. God, don't look at me. I'm okay. I'm over here. I'm covered, right? I'm I'm okay. I'm covered because you're trying to cover yourself. God was saying that that system of self-justification, self-covering, religion will never produce any fruit. And so the law of first mention, you can always refer back to it. So the rod and the staff have always spoken of authority. So I did the study in the Bible, and I went through all the scriptures, and I found the rod and the staff and how they represented authority in every situation. The first time I see the rod mentioned, it's in Exodus um, 4. Moses is doubting himself, and he poses a question to God. God, will they recognize my authority to lead? He says, I'm not a good speaker. You know, why should I be leading them? I'm, who am I to lead? And then God says, what is in your hands? 
And Moses answers, a rod. He had a rod in his hand. And, and God says, throw the rod down. And so he does it. And when he throws it down, it turns into a serpent. And then he picks it back up and turns into a rod. And God, that was a sign of the power of God on his life and the authority of God on his life to rule and to lead the Israelites and the children of God. So later on, in, in uh, Exodus 7, verse 8, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Moses and Aaron, when Pharaoh says to you, perform a miracle. Do you know, sometimes the world is looking for a miracle. Sometimes the world is looking for a sign. And he says, when, when Pharaoh says, perform your miracle, then say to Aaron, take your staff, throw down, and throw it down before Pharaoh, and it will become a snake. So Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron threw his staff down in front of Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a snake. Pharaoh then summoned his wise men and sorcerers, and the Egyptian magicians also did the same things by their secret arts. Each one of them threw his staff down, and it became a snake, but Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Do you know what that means? That God has put a rod in your hands, you guys. God has put authority in your hands, and that when you walk in the room, your authority will swallow up the counterfeits. The devil will always try to rep reproduce the counterfeit. It will, you know, the, the, prophet, the prophetic has the psychics. You know, there's always the counterfeit that will try to be reproducing. But the authority of Jesus on your life will swallow up the demonic, the witchcraft that is trying to keep the children of God in bondage. And God will use the power and the authority on your life to lead people out of their bondage, out of Egypt, out of addiction, into the promised land. Amen? Come on, you guys, this is, this is real. We have authority to break addiction off people, to break witchcraft off regions. We have authority to go into areas and to, and to take ground for the kingdom of God, to put our staff down, to put a, a, a stake in the ground and say, this is the Lord's territory. As, you know what? I, I say cold lake is the Lord's, Amen. I'm putting a stake in the ground today, and I'm saying, this, this city, it belongs to Jesus. King Jesus, you can have Cold Lake, amen? He's the highest name, amen? So, so Moses finally gets Pharaoh to let the children of Israel go, but then Pharaoh changes his mind. And, and in Exodus 14, 16, they're, they're surrounded. They, they've got the Red Sea on one side. They've got the armies on, the, on their backside. Do you know, sometimes when you come out of addiction, when you come out of witchcraft, when you come out of bondage, the enemy will try to come quickly and try to get you back in. But the authority in the name of Jesus can break that, 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 that attack every single time. Because it, 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 once it's been cut off once, you have authority for it to never come back again. Amen? Sometimes the enemy, enemy tries to come at you with backlash, backlash, but I just laugh at that. Because, you know what, it, it, the enemy has been stripped of its authority. We need to realize the demonic absolutely has no authority unless it's given, it, given some authority. The only authority that it has is what it can trick us into giving it. Sometimes spiritual warfare, we've gotten caught up in focusing on the enemy when God has said, just focus on me. And we're battling ground warfare and we're, we've actually elevated the enemy to eye level when we're supposed to be dancing on them. They're made serpents, snakes, they're made to be underneath our feet, you guys. We're to trample on them. Why? Because God has given us authority to cast out demons. They have to listen to us as if it's the king of kings himself speaking. 
Wow. And so, and so in Exodus 14, verse 16, Moses is there, and he's trapped, and he's, he's looking to God for help again. He's just seen a whole bunch of miracles. He's just seen God do a whole bunch of things to get them out of Egypt, the plagues and all this kind of stuff, the angel of death, everything that happened, and now they're in a, they're in a jam again. They're in between a rock and a hard place once again. And God says this, God, um, God says this in Exodus 14, verse 16, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go across on dry ground in the midst of the Red Sea. Do you know what? God was telling Moses to rise up in his authority and perform a miracle. Do you know, I always read that scripture that I thought God parted the Red Sea, but God actually told Moses to do it. Isn't that crazy? Doesn't that blow your mind? And it's not that, it, that Moses was using his own strength or his own power. No, God gave him a rod. God gave him authority to do something. Wow, God. Sometimes I think we're waiting on God when God says, I've given you authority. I've given you authority. And we're going to say, God, we're in between a rock and a hard place. There's the Red Sea on one side. There's the armies of Egypt on the other side. And God says, what have I put in your hands? I have given you my authority. I've given you my name and everything. Even the winds and the waves have to listen to my name. All of creation has to listen to the name of the creator. Amen? Whew, I'm preaching myself happy tonight. Wow. Number 17.8, and it said this, um, uh, not... Now it came to pass on the next day that Moses went into the tabernacle of witnesses, and behold, the rod of Aaron of the house of Levi had sprouted and put forth buds and produced blossoms, yielded ripe almonds. Have you ever read that before? Did you know that in the ark there was the staff of Aaron, and it produced almonds? It produced blossoms, and when, the, and when the Israelites were in bitterness, when the Israelites were in disobedience, it produced bitter almonds. And when they were walking in righteousness, and when they were walking in, 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 along with the, the commandments of the Lord, it produced sweet almonds, you guys. What does that say? It says that the, the authority of God will lead you into places out of bitterness and into righteousness, amen? And, and his authority will lead you, uh, his authority will get rid of the bitterness in your life and it will lead you and guide you into the place that you should go. See, it was, it was, it was telling them, hey, no, you can't, you're not going to go anywhere in this bitterness, and so it was actually a physical sign to them to know that, oh, we're not, we're not, we need to repent right now. We need to get back on track with the rod of God, with the authority of Jesus, because we're missing it here. See, the, the rod of God, God will extend all of his authority to keep you on the path of righteousness. Do you know, in Psalms and in, in the Proverbs, um, it talks a lot about the rod. Most of, this is where we get all our child, um, ch child discipline scriptures from, right? <laughs> Kids love these scriptures, right? Here, let's, let's go. Proverbs 13, 24, it says, He that spares the rod, his rod, hates his son, but he that loves him corrects him. Uh, Proverbs 22, 15, Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. Proverbs 29, 15, The rod and reproof give wisdom. But do you know what? When I'm reading through, in context, the rod was not a beating stick. It was a guiding stick. It was a shepherd's stick, and it was a shepherd's crook that it would keep the sheep on the path. 
And so when we look at the rod, it's almost speaking more to shepherds, to pastors, to leaders in how to guide their sheep so that they don't get hurt. And if it was a beating stick, it was for beating the wolves that would come and try to attack the sheep. Isn't that awesome? Because God ruled in gentleness. He ruled in his kindness. He extended his authority in love. Amen? Listen to this. Psalms 91, it says, his rod and his staff, they comfort you. Do you know, it will comfort your heart to know that God is extending all of his authority to keep you safe to keep you on the path of righteousness, to keep you in, his des- in your destiny. All of God's authority, God is using it right now to keep you in your destiny. Do you know, really, when, it, when you think about that, it's almost hard to miss it. Isn't that awesome? That when we, when we actually yield, but, you know, I mean, if you try really hard, yes, you can. You can get off into sin. You can get off into danger. You can run away from the flock. But the amazing thing about the shepherd is he'll leave the 99 to come after the one. God so loved the world. He loves you. See, dictators try to rule and use their authority through fear. But the king of kings, he rules with love. He rules with gentleness. And he loves you so much, he hates sin. He loves you so much, he hates the things that would abuse you. He hates the things that would torment you. He hates the things that would hurt you. You know, I wouldn't be a good dad if I, if I just let my child go and play in traffic. So, I, so I'll use the rod of reproof to say, no, this is going to hurt you. If you run out in traffic, I'm not going to let you do this because it's going to hurt you. And I care about you too much for it to see you go through that type of pain. It's going to hurt me. Wow. I think sometimes we need to remember that the pain that God feels when we say no to love and yes to temptation the pain that God feels because he knows the pain that it's going to cause you. And he, he died to keep us from it. His blood, he, he died to keep us from it. And so I just want to encourage you, if there's, if there's areas in your life that have become a stumbling block and you've, you've tried to stop sinning, you've tried to, to you know, stop, you're running in the other way of temptation, but you keep to come back, you keep failing, you keep making mistakes, you keep sinning, well, Let's not focus on the past. Let's not focus on the sin. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus because he's the author and perfecter of our faith. I mean, this whole journey, he started it in the first place. Let's trust him to complete it. Amen? It's not your goodness that maintains your salvation. I mean, if it was never your goodness that got you into the kingdom into the first place, it's not your goodness today that will keep you in it. So many people get, they get saved by the grace of God and then they try to use legalism to stay in the kingdom. <laughs> no, it's every day, it's the grace of God. And he's got amazing grace, amen? And so in Matthew 8, in verse 5, it says, And when Jesus entered Capernaum, there, there came to him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered him and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that thou should come under my roof, but speak only the word, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers... Oh, sorry, you guys. I tapped my iPad and I lost my verse. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for iPads. (laughs) For I am a man under authority 
uh, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to them that followed, verily I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. So Jesus marveled at the centurion's faith. Do you know what? I believe that he was so amazed because this was a military man who understood authority. He understood authority so well that he said, Jesus, you don't even have to come. You just have to speak the word and my servant will be healed. Guys, we've been seen in meetings where, where we would just speak to sickness and it would leave the room. We didn't even have to lay hands on it. We would, we would stand up in a room. We would, just, we would say, pain, leave the room. And we would see people get um, free from pain and torment and all different types of things. Because why? God has given us authority. He's given us the name of Jesus. Amen? And so in Mark eleven twenty three, it says, If you say to this mountain, be thou removed, and do not doubt in your heart, it will be done for you. Wow, you guys, I don't think we realize the level of authority that God has given us. Even as children of God, that we, we, we make mistakes sometimes. Do you know why, do you know why uh, the devil goes about as a roaring lion? It's because he's always been jealous of the lion of Judah. Did you know that he doesn't go about as a lion? He, he's not a, he, he isn't a lion. He goes around masquerading as a lion, pretending to be a lion, because he's not actually a lion. He's always been jealous of the, the ultimate authority for, that, that is on the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen? So that's why he goes around masquerading in false authority, because he lost all of it. Can we stand up right now? I feel like we need to make some decrees in this place over Cold Lake. I'm feeling some authority. Sammy, you might help me. Pastor Hayward, if you could come. Do you know what? The, uh, we actually got a rod here. Look at this, you guys. We actually, uh, um, <laughs> this is so crazy. Um, just, just, just share what happened this morning. Well, um... I was talking to our intercessors. Of course, we have intercessors every, every uh, day before the service starts, and they're praying and uh, seeking God and getting words from the Lord. And uh, they shared with me some of the things that the Lord was telling them. And it was concerning uh, the rock and speaking to, to the rock and, and seeing the water flow. Uh, Nicole shared, uh, uh, I believe, it was, was it last night or the night before, about seeing a, a, a big cement wall, a dam, a little hole in that, in that dam, and then as the water began to push against it, it got bigger and bigger, and finally there was a river of water flowing. And, uh, and then another one had a, had a, had a, a vision of uh, uh, Moses uh, speaking to the rock, and, uh, and, uh, but first of all, uh, he was supposed to speak to the rock, but he didn't. God told him in the, at the first time to, to uh, uh, strike the rock, and he struck the rock, and water came out the second time. He told him to speak to the rock, and he, he, he struck the rock, and he said, do I have to, you know, so he called them a rebellious people, and he do I have to bring water from the rock for you again? And, uh, but Moses wasn't obeying God. 
The first time he obeyed God, but he wasn't paying attention. God didn't say strike the rock the second time. He said, speak to the rock. And as I was thinking about this, uh, you know, so many times we try to do something that was done in the past. And God wants to do a new thing. We need to hear. We need to listen to what God is saying today. And obedience is so important in what God is going to do next in Cold Lake. Amen? Because if we're willing to obey, if we're willing to put, a, put aside our prejudice and all of these things and say, Lord, I want you, God is going to do something great. When I, when we, in our transition, I, I did a series of messages on the, on the uh, seven churches. And basically, the question was, what is the Spirit saying to the church? And we want to hear the voice of God today. What is God saying? And so, we want to listen. When God says something, we want to do it. Amen? So, as a, act, a prophetic act tonight, I'm going to speak to the rock. You know what the Bible says? When Moses struck that rock, he was, it was a symbol of Jesus being smitten on the cross. We have a cross here, and it symbolizes the old rugged cross. Jesus is not on the cross anymore. He was smitten once and for all. We don't have to strike the rock now. All we have to do is speak to the rock. Speak to the rock. Declare our faith in Him, in the promises of His Word, and receive from His bountiful supply. God has done something this this weekend, that is tremendous. That if we will walk in this now, you know, God, the church is, 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 God is, is God's idea, okay? And so we get together in our, in our buildings, and it is for teaching and preaching the Word of God. And one of the things that I've said that I want to do before I leave this church is to be sure that we are biblically sound. And I believe that is happening. We are, we are situating all around for that. So I, I don't want to preach anymore. I just want to speak to the rock. Okay? Amen. 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 Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Jesus, you are the rock of our salvation. You are our, our shield and our strength. You're our fortress. You're our deliverer. And Lord, we give ourselves to you. We pledge to walk in obedience to your word. And we walk in your ways. 
And we believe you, Lord, for a mighty, mighty revival in Coal Lake. I believe that Jesus is touching our hearts. I believe that he's speaking to men and women, and we'll never be the same again. We're going to step out in faith. We're going to believe God for household salvation. We're going to believe God for healing of every kind of sickness and disease. Jesus is the one we're serving. Jesus is the one who has the power. And we have the authority in the name of Jesus. Just as this rod, just as this rod symbolizes power and authority. As a pastor of this church, I have power and authority. But listen, every one of us has power and authority. We all have the same authority. We all have the same power. We can speak the name of Jesus. We can speak over the situations. And we can see God do the mighty work. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. As I was preaching, I saw people's backbones kind of become like this rod, this staff. And I saw the power of God and the authority of God touching some people. And there's authority increasing in you right now. I'm declaring it right now by the word of the Lord that there are some decrees that God is wanting you to release. There's some mountains that God wants you to speak to in Cold Lake. Come on, there's some seas that God wants you to use to part the Red Seas in Cold Lake. God wants you to use the authority and the rod that he's given in your hand to bring the kingdom of heaven right now. So I want you to begin speaking in tongues right now because I feel the boldness of God coming on some of you to decree some stuff over Cold Lake. I feel the authority of God in this church that God is raising you up in authority to speak to the waters, to speak to the rock, to speak to mountains right now. Come on, let's begin praying in that heavenly language. Let's just raise it up right now in the this room. Come on. God, I just speak to rods right now. Lord, that you're bringing a backbone back to the church. Lord, you're bringing a backbone back to the church, and you're using the rod of God in our lives right now. We begin to speak to those mountains. We begin to speak to those storms. We begin to speak to those seas, and we say, in Jesus' name, the name above all names, every knee will bow, every tongue confess, Jesus is Lord. Amen. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, God, Lord, we just release it right now. I literally saw right now as TJ was ministering, I saw crutches turn to scepters. I saw crutches turn to scepters, and the Lord is saying that you're no longer a victim, but you're a victor in this season, and that God is releasing the spirit of a victor over Cold Lake, that Cold Lake is not a victim, but Cold Lake is a victor, and we call on that champion spirit to arise in Cold Lake. We call on that champion spirit. Rise up, Cold Lake. Rise up, Cold Lake. You have victory in Jesus. Oh! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. How many people receive this right now? You know, when we say yes and amen, it is established. Let's just say that one, one, two, three, yes and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We declare this area free of witchcraft in Jesus' name. We declare the area free of addictions of all kind in Jesus' mighty name. We decree the area freedom, complete freedom in 
atmosphere of our calling, an atmosphere of love, an atmosphere of adoption, so that everybody will start adopting other people just the way that the Lord adopted us. Oh, Father God, you are so good, Lord. We can't wait to see what you're doing, Father God. We just ask, Lord, that you would put a seal on those declarations, Father God, in Jesus' name. I just felt to speak to the ground and speak to the economy right now in Cold Lake. And we just invite heaven to come and change the economy in Cold Lake in Jesus' name. We pray for a heavenly job creation. We pray for a heavenly economy. We thank you for the finances of heaven right now. And if you need a job right now, I just declare authority to speak right now to that job right now that God has for you right now. Open up jobs right now. Open up ideas Business is starting right now in Jesus' name. We just decree it right now. Heavenly economy. Right now I speak to a spirit of suicide and I say, you cannot live in Cold Lake. You, can't, you do not belong in Cold Lake. We say depression, you have to leave right now in Cold Lake right now. Oppression, you're not allowed to live here. And we thank you for the atmosphere of heaven coming and settling in this place. Come on, give God a mighty shout. Wow. Wow, I feel to do one more thing. Wow, did you know that when the lion is called the king of the jungle, you guys, and when the lion would, would roar into the ground, you could hear it for miles. Animals could hear it, the ground. It, it, it shook the earth, you guys. And I feel there is a roar from the lion of the tribe of Judah that is going into the ground right now. And the earth is going to respond to the lion of Judah. And so in the, on the count of three, I want you to shout the name of Jesus or roar into the ground on the count of three. Are you guys ready for this? Come on, this is going to change the atmosphere in Cold Lake. This is going to change the atmosphere over the region, over the city. Heaven's coming, and we're declaring the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus is the king over Cold Lake, king of kings and lord of lords. So on the count of three, one, two, three, Jesus! Come on. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. Woo. Come on. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Holy Community Church, a place where families come together.